are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Dolphins fans, other than a special Friday edition of Power to the Pod? Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting at the DraftNetwork.com. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, and ready to hand the show off for the last time before the 2021 NFL Draft to each and every one of you. So while we open this special edition of Power to the Pod on a Friday, I want to raise my glass to each and every one of you Dolphins fans who listens in on a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is basis, pouring myself a nice glass of Woodford Reserve. We're going to take the edge off. It's 10 o'clock at night on Thursday night. We're going to crack open all of your hot takes, all of your questions, all of your topics on your minds pertaining to the 2021 Miami Dolphins, the 2021 NFL Draft, and anything else that you monsters may have brought to the table, all of which I'm looking forward to. I always enjoy hearing from all of you, I know you guys wanted to make sure we got power to the pod this week before we kick things off next week for the draft, and sure enough, here we are. So, I'm going to raise my glass. Cheers, all of you. Let's have some fun. Five-star review from Gus Gus 13 Oh, my guy didn't even leave a question. What a pleasant start to power to the pod. iTunes review. Uh... Gus has some very kind words, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, you shy, 22, five-star view. Do you see the Dolphins trading back and picking up Parsons if Pitts and Chase are off the board? No. Um, it would not surprise me a ton if Micah Parsons got very close to 18 uh, versus being something that the Dolphins feel felt compelled they needed to move back from six whether that's to 9, 7, 13 with the Chargers if they wanted to come get Penny Sewell. Just re- predictively, I I don't think Micah Parsons is going to be in consideration at all with this first pick. This felt like, uh, felt like, no, there are no guarantees in the NFL draft, but this felt like a move for a pass catcher given the fact that there were a number of elite ones at their disposal. Uh, PA Finn, 73. Power to the pod question, P2TPQ. Man, what are some players that should be available at 156 or later that Miami should target? A little bit of a day three conversation, a man or woman after my own heart. As a draft, Nick, I greatly appreciate this question. I'll give you one. Avery Williams, corner from Boise State. You think the Dolphins had great work on special teams this past year? All the blocked punts, kick return or punt returns for touchdowns, the trick plays. Avery Williams from Boise State has the most unbelievable special teams reel I have seen in the last couple of years. He's not a big guy. He's like 5'9", 190, somewhere in that ballpark. But Avery Williams, he ran punts back for touchdowns. He blocked punts. He's run blocked punts back for touchdowns in addition to actually running punts themselves back. 
He plays some defense at Boise State. Special teams, dynamo type player. This is the kind of player that as the Dolphins roster continues to get better, the dudes who can cut their teeth on special teams and improve that unit are the ones who are going to make the roster. And then you can hopefully grow and develop them from there. Avery Williams from Boise State, circle that name. Whoever's getting him is getting a baller. He should be there on day three. Uh, MKD fan for life. Kyle, love the podcast. I listen every day. Thank you for listening every day. Just had a question. Out of the running backs, Chris Evans and Trey Sermon, which would you prefer and why? I was just curious in case Miami misses out on the big three. I would prefer Trey Sermon. And obviously we got into that a little bit uh, when we did the running backs uh, big board for the Dolphins. Trey Sermon, to me, is the fourth best option in this draft class for the Dolphins. He's more proven. And he comes from a a system in Ohio State that asked him to do a lot of the same things that Miami's going to ask their backs to do. Reign of Taylor. Kyle, awesome show. Just sent a lengthy narrative to your show that was meant to be for a Power to the Pot episode. Hope you got it. Thank you for what you do. Incredible show with fantastic insight. Uh, Taylor, I don't have that on hand. Do me a favor. Uh, DM it to Locked On Fins with a PH. Say your reign of Taylor. I'll make sure I get it next time we do Power to the Pot, okay? Uh, let's see. We got one from Jorge. Love the podcast and your work for Dolphins Wire. Which would you rather for the Dolphins in the draft? Taking Pitts at six or trading back with Denver, their third-round pick in 2021, and a first in 2022? Mm, who's going that lets Pitts get to six? That's the challenge for me. Because if, if all four of the pass catchers are still there, it's tempting to to take the trade. Uh, but if you move out of three and Pitts is still there at six, that's a that's a hard one for me to move on from. Like it just feels like you're getting greedy. And at some point, you know, I love picks as much as everybody. But at some point you do have to make a pick. And if you move back from three to six and you picked up a future first round pick down the road to work with, and Pitts is still there at six, I don't know. And if if Chase is gone, then then I'd probably take I would probably take Kyle Pitts. Next one comes from Kid Poker. It was from the 14th, asking what Slater and the Ohio State offensive linemen, what eliminated them from consideration uh, when we did the offensive line fit podcast. I hope the offensive line big board show from earlier this week answered your question, Kid Poker. Let me know if it didn't, and uh, I'd be happy to answer any additional questions you may have on where those guys slot in this class for me with my eyes. If Pitts, this is from Diesel Daddy. If Pitts isn't the pick, any chance Matt Bushman, BYU, is a day three alternative? He's a poor man. Gasecki with a torn Achilles. Uh, I I thought Matt Bushman popped a handful of times every time I watched BYU when he was healthy, back, like back in 2019. Uh, he's got a nice receiving skill set. I don't know that he's the... I don't know if I would classify him as an alternative to Kyle Pitts. I don't think he's anywhere near dynamic enough to be considered a mismatch guy. I'd put him in the same bucket as like Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen, more so than I would put him anywhere close to Gusecki and potentially Pitts. That's just my evaluation of the player, however. 
Nice review from Richie. No question. Richie, I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Uh, go, Finns, go. Here we go. My guy made a Bilt Bar reference. Huge fan of the podcast and Bilt Bars. The new raspberry cheesecake flavor is unreal, and I can sources can confirm. Uh, the raspberry cheesecake Bilt Bar is phenomenal. In this scenario, you're picking at 18, and all of the top targets like Harris, Pay, Phillips, Parsons, Bateman, Jenkins, Darisol are all available. Who are you taking? Give a top three if you want to. I will be making these observations without factoring in character questions or medical questions because I can't speak intelligently to those as somebody who's on the outside of the league looking in. But I'm assuming I took a, a pass catcher at six, which automatically is going to eliminate Rashad Bateman. I think my top three are Tevin Jenkins, Micah Parsons, and Jalen Phillips. Now, if you're not comfortable with Jalen Phillips from a medical perspective, go ahead and put Quiddy Pay in there instead of him. And if you're not comfortable with Micah Parsons from an off-field perspective, go ahead and put Zayvon Collins in that slot. My personal affinity for Tevin Jenkins would probably have me love to see him the most. Uh, Micah Parsons has the highest ceiling. Uh, Pay has the most positional need. So I think there's a case for each one of those guys. It just depends on how you want to choose to look at the glass. Is it half empty, half full? SWF Rick. You stay on point not hearing much about running back in the draft. How do they not pick a top back? Uh, I, I think the argument there kind of goes back to the productivity that Miles Gaskin had when he was on the field. 97.2 yards from scrimmage per game when 10 games played. And that being an argument for if he was that productive, can you pair him with somebody else who comes at an economic discount and use those two in a quote-unquote committee? Or do the Dolphins simply want a featured back? And if the Dolphins want a featured back, it's going to boost their chances of taking one of these top guys. It's, it just is, but... I look at what production Miles Gaskin had in 10 games, and that to me serves as a, a argument against using a top 20 pick. Now, if they're there at 36, I'm all for taking a running back at 36. I'm completely for it. Would love to see it. In a perfect world, you get a pass catcher, you'd get probably a pressure player at 18. And then you'd get running back at 36, and then you're you're cooking with gas moving into to pick 50. We do that, we should all be stoked. I can't tell you how much it warms my heart to look through a lot of these questions and its names that we've covered over the course of this past week. Uh, so I appreciate hearing from all you guys. Uh, here we go, one from Kurt. Great show, listen all the time. At work, all the way in Montana. Thanks for listening, Kurt. Pitts at 6, Dickerson at 18, and hoping Bateman is there in the second. I think he's kind of like Parker, but can be better with the right coaching. Yeah, I, I guess the the blend of questions that I have with this proposed 1-2-3 punch is I do think Bateman goes before the second round. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. And as things currently stand, 
you're going to need a trade, I think, for Atlanta to be in the quarterback market or for that number four spot to be in the quarterback market, I should say. It sounds like there's some split interests there. And um, right now, Atlanta appears to be less likely to take a quarterback. So either they need to trade out or they're going to stay at four and pick. And if they stay stay at four and pick, I think Pitts is their most likely selection. And then Landon Dickerson, uh, the medicals there. And off of talent alone, I think you're dead on. Definitely worth a top 20 pick off of talent. Think about like center Ryan Kelly from Indianapolis. But can he stay healthy? Is he healthy? How comfortable are we with the existing injuries that he already has? Those things are where it gets a little scary. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the only perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something truly special and meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts, including yours truly. There are no shortage of ways to watch the Draft Network social channels, Brinks.tv, the Locked On NFL YouTube channel, you name it, you can think of it if it's affiliated with TDN or Locked On our draft coverage is going to be available for you. So make sure you stay plugged in for all three days, courtesy of the Draft Network and the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to switch gears over to the tweeter questions. We got about 50 of them. So we're going to work quick. We're going to get as many of them as we possibly can. We're going to have a grand old time while we do it, starting with my guy Danny. Uh, Danny swinging right for the fences snatching my soul here. Why aren't we hearing about North Carolina wide receiver Daz Newsom anymore? Daz Newsom was in season, a guy who I had a little bit of a crush on, made big plays every single week uh, for the North Carolina Tar Heels. But then his pro day happened. And his pro day kind of reaffirmed a a little bit of a suspicion that I had in that he's tiny and slow and not overly agile either. So Daz Newsom uh, came in at the North Carolina Pro Day at 5'10", 190 pounds, which is perfectly respectable for a a wide receiver prospect, but he ran 4'6". And he didn't just run 4'6", but you watched him on tape. And where it appeared as though he had the most success was with being fluid in short spaces. His three-and-code jail was in the second percentile of NFL receivers, his short shuttle 14th percentile. 
Uh, he had one test, the standing broad jump, that was over the 32nd percentile across the board. Uh, athletic comps for him were not particularly kind. Robert Woods was the best case scenario as far as uh, the top 10 hits according to mockdraftable.com. Malcolm Perry uh, was an athletic comparison. Aaron Fuller from Washington. So not good company. And um, you know, he was always going to have to be a guy who I thought was a, a bit of a slot. But now he, he, what he, where he won, I don't think he'll have the ability to correlate to and win with consistency in the NFL. Jesse, first I want to say I've been listening from day one. Thanks for what you bring. Well, thank you, Jess. I appreciate that. I, I recognize you, and you know we've had some conversations in the past, so I, it's good to hear from you again. Uh, hear you and others to say how the team wants guys that are multiple and can play a number of spots well, especially on defense, and that's good. But my question is, is there a point where we have too many guys that do multiple things well but not great and not enough guys that can do great things and can the team be great without those types of players such as Xavier Howard, who might be the only one. So you're looking for X factors. Uh, you're looking for game changers. You're looking for game breakers. Uh, I think that's what's important about this year's class for Miami is you have a, a chance at six to pick a game breaker as an offensive weapon. Uh, you, The way I heard it phrased best of all places was on TikTok, and it was a former NFL player who had played with Sean McVay, and Sean McVay, according to this player on this TikTok video, said what he had heard about NFL rosters was that there are five or six guys on any given roster that would be considered, quote-unquote, transcendent and could play in any system across the league. And beyond that, everybody's a system player, and you're not going to be able to go to any team across the league, and it's more so your strengths, your role, versus what the team is going to ask you to do. And if that fits, and it's only going to fit for a select handful of teams, then you'll be a player on one of those teams. So for Miami, who are those guys? I do think, you know, Byron Jones doesn't have the turnover ability, but I think he's capable of being a player who could play on any team in the league. Xavier Howard, of course, with his game-changing abilities, a, a turnover producer. I think Mike Gusecki, with the way the league is trending, is qualifies. He's not taken the step into becoming an elite player yet, but he's on his way, and he has all the goods to make that happen. So I think you got three. I think if you're the Dolphins, you should be hoping and aspiring to another three players emerging or you securing another three players. I think Will Fuller has a chance to be one. So if you have two weapons and you draft a third, can Tua Tagovailoa be number four? If he makes a big year two leap, that's the hope. Um, so I think that that's how you have to choose to look at NFL rosters. And I know who the stars are is more apparent on some teams other than others. But I do think you can win, yes, and be great and consistently win 10-plus games even if your cupeth don't floweth over with stars on your roster left and right. Tone Toto, would you trade Howard to the Cowboys for their 10th overall pick and a second-round pick next year? If yes, who would you draft next year? If no, why not? Love the show. Man, 
a top 10 pick plus a two is really good return for Xavier Howard. But that's also you're either creating a hole to transition and fill that hole with one of the top corners in this year's class, or you're betting on Noah Igbenogany to take a massive leap. And I think it's a little late in the game uh, to do that. And if you're trading him away just to use a top 20 pick on a corner, it kind of feels redundant, right? So I would probably pass on this for now. But I also say that with the acknowledgement that Xavier Howard's trade value, if you were to trade him, is probably never going to get any higher than what it is right now. Between his age, the year he's coming off of, the contract he's on. But I'm encouraged by the fact that we haven't had anything with Xavier Howard blow up from a contract dispute perspective. And that kind of alleviates any concern that I would have had and would have prompted me to exploring trading him at this point anyway. Uh, Till, is it possible to force Chris Greer to draft Jalen Waddle? Uh, yeah, call Steve Ross up and, and tell him how much you love Jalen Waddle, and hopefully that, that Steve pushes that message down to Chris and, and Chris makes the right choice. I'll say this. Chris Greer has earned my trust. The decision that he makes, I'm going to look for the explanation as to why. I'm going to hear the context that went into their decision, and we're going to roll with it. And whether it's Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell, Devontae Smith, Micah Parsons, Rashad Bateman, Tevin Jenkins, Zayvon Collins, Najee Harris, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to try. trust the vision that's in place with this group. Next question comes from Tom. Where are you on Zayvon Collins as a round one guy and general fit for Miami? Heard nothing but hype around him as a Flores guy a few months ago. Now he's dropped off most Dolphins mocks. I think the smoke is just elsewhere. Uh, It's like anything else. There is a recency bias, and and Zayvon got hot early in the process for Miami. Would I be surprised if he was the pick at 18? No, absolutely not. I do think stylistically he's a phenomenal fit. He's a cerebral player. Reportedly weighed in at 270 pounds. The Dolphins like big guys up front. Here's your sign, right? So I, I would not be stunned at all if he was a pick at 18. Seems like he's kind of put himself back in that conversation a little bit to, to be in the teens, uh, early 20s. Matthew, geez, man. All right, I got to take a sip. Hold on. Who's one guy Miami could draft in round one that gives you the Charles Harris bad juju vibes again? Can I be honest? I, like, I don't know if I have one. Like, I'd be super apprehensive about Jason Owe if he ended up being a first-round pick for Miami because of how raw he is as a pass rusher. But, like, he didn't come close to being as bad of an evaluation as I had on Charles Harris. So I genuinely, and this is a great place to be, I like this class generally for Miami with the opportunities that they're going to have. Uh, maybe Rondale Moore, if they end up taking Rondale Moore with a top 40 pick, I'd be super anxious about that. No doubt, no denying his talent, but the injuries are a big question. Brian, over under 11.5 wins for Miami. I bet you won't bet Joe Marino that Miami will win the division. I want to hear the drama on draft dudes. Uh, yeah, you bet your ass I'm not betting Joe on draft dudes, whether or not the Dolphins win the AFC East this year. I want to see him make the playoffs and win a playoff game before I start getting cocky or start talking trash heck I'd settle for a win against the Bills the Dolphins need to beat the Bills before they think anything about the AFC East as far as I'm concerned so it's a new year and we'll go week by week and all those things that we talk about with the process and 
you know, not getting ahead of yourself and focusing on the task at hand, I get it. But from a big picture perspective, you won't catch me running my mouth anytime soon unless the Dolphins start beating the Buffalo Bills in head-to-head matchups. Built Bar is a protein bar that will win any matchup on any given day, and you can run your mouth all you want to your friends if you're in on some Built Bars in your kitchen and they don't have any in their house. High in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, high in fiber, 100% chocolate on all their bars. Built Bar is an amazing option for anybody who wants something quick on the go, something for breakfast, something post-workout, something pre-workout, something keto-friendly, something delicious to eat as a snack throughout the day. You name it, Built Bar can do it. So visit BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you can save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Football season may be over, but there's still plenty of betting action to get on thanks to our friends over at Bet Online. MLB, NBA, and NHL all in full swing right now. Bet Online even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockhampour, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team are making trades and picking up the next stars for their team. I got hammered a little bit for the pick at 18. It was a predictive pick. It flies against the face of some of the analysis that we've had on the show. That was a big question I had last year when the draft rolled around as well. Kyle's hypocritical. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. I try and explore all the hypotheticals, and at the end of the day, I do try to make predictive picks in exercises like the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. So who did I pick? Go check it out for yourself. Uh, You can do so on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We are coming round the mountain as she comes. Reese with a take. If Tevin Jenkins and Jalen Phillips are off the board at 18, the Dolphins should try very hard to trade down a couple spots into the early 20s. I'm telling you, that pick with Tennessee is the perfect trade spot. You're in front of the Jets. You're in front of the Steelers. You can set the terms in the early second or in the early 20s if you'd like. I would try my ass off too to try and get down there. Cameron, most scenarios talk about whether the Dolphins should draft Najee at 18. What are your thoughts on a different scenario where the Dolphins draft best available pass catcher at 6, Jalen Phillips at 18, and trade ahead of Pittsburgh to snag Najee? The cost it would take you to get from 36 up in front of Pittsburgh at 24. You're not going to do a deal with the Jets. Let's just be honest. You're you're very likely not going to get a deal done with a divisional rival that's going to give you three first-round picks. So you look in front of the Jets, 22 is Tennessee. Indianapolis might be a good trade-up partner. They're at 21. Uh, The difference for Miami is 540 points for 36, and 21 is 800 points. So you're talking about a discrepancy of 260 points. 81 is worth 185. 
156 is worth 27. None of that's going to get it done. So you have to give up 50. You probably have to give up 36 and 50 to go up to 21 and then get maybe a third rounder back from Indianapolis. Sounds great, right? Little problem. Colts don't have a third rounder. (laughs) So are you taking a fourth back and giving up the extra points and, and clearly losing out on the deal from a value perspective? I would just let Pittsburgh take Najee Harrison and look for Javante Williams or Travis Etienne. I think they can be interchangeable enough unless you want a guy with a very clear set of skills, which is size, pass catching ability. And if you do, then you just take him at 18 and then you look to draft Carlos Basham or something like that in the second round. I just think that that's trading up into the early 20s because you got to get in front of Pittsburgh at 24, the Jets are at 22. The Titans probably aren't moving back. The Colts are notorious for trading back. It's a lot of hurdles to clear. It's going to get really expensive. And, you know, if you walk away with those three guys and you have three top 21 picks, like you're going to feel good about your class no matter what else happens. But the Dolphins aren't, I don't think they're at that juncture yet as a franchise. Lewis wants to know about last year's rookie at wide receiver. With the already crowded wide receiver room paired with sustained speculation of drafting of the pass catcher, what is the outlook for last year's rookie Lynn Bowden Jr. and Malcolm Perry? Uh, Malcolm Perry's probably going to be on the practice squad. He was an option quarterback at Navy, and uh, he got a little bit of action down the stretch. Uh, but you see that quite often, guys who, who throughout injuries or for whatever reason kind of get worked up onto the active roster, offseason rolls around, they still have development to do, they end up on the practice squad again the following year. That would be where I anticipate we see Malcolm Perry. I see no reason for them to part ways with him unless somebody else is going to give him an active roster spot, which I don't know that he showed enough to warrant that in 2020. Uh, Limbo and Jr., I want to think he makes the roster, man. I want to think the Dolphins end up moving on from Albert Wilson and they give him that role. I'd like to think that transpires. Otherwise, you're going to start to really question what trade you you executed. And I understand that, that the Dolphins, they may have had some aspirations in the 2020 NFL draft, whether it was CeeDee Lamb at 18 and he got sniped at, at uh, 17 or Brandon Ayuk and he got sniped by, on him by San Francisco in the first round. So you get out of the draft and you're like, well, shoot, kind of just like at running back, uh, things transpired right in front of our face and we didn't get a wide receiver either. So let's acquire one. Let's go get Lynn Bowden Jr. He's available. I understand maybe that happened. But if Limbo and Jr. also doesn't make the roster year after you flip to get him and you're keeping him, you're, you're getting rid of him in favor of Albert Wilson given his cost and, and injury questions, I wouldn't feel good about it. So I think you'll see Limbo. Politically, Finn Correct wants to know if we will see one more than one primetime game for the Dolphins this year. I'm going to go out and limb, limb and say yes. You have a household name at quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa. Your team won 10 games last year. You were one of the surprise teams in the league made a super fun run to the postseason that, that came up just short, uh, but featured you starting the year 1-3 and three and getting to 10-5. and five. Having a head coach of the year candidate in Brian Flores. Yeah, I think we'll see plenty of the Dolphins in primetime. I'll say three games is my prediction. Of course, the schedules come out on May 12th. Who's the best kick-punt returner in the draft? For my money, it's probably Jalen Waddle. Maybe it's because I saw him do it live. 
I was at that LSU game when he ran that pump back for a touchdown. Uh, electric. <laughs> Breaks angles in the open field like you would not believe. Moves at a different speed than everybody else in the field. Last question of the day. I don't know where this came from, but I saw it in a couple of places. Uh, OG Highway, what are your thoughts on Miami drafting a true nose tackle and moving Raekwon Davis to end? Uh, I watched Raekwon Davis play on tape last year for the Dolphins, and if he's not a true nose tackle, I don't know what is. Uh, 330 pounds, mountain of a man, beat the tar out of opposing centers, gap control on the inside. He's everything you want in nose. Now, would I... Be upset if they went out and they drafted a Lee McNeil, who's a little bit more versatile? No. Would I be mad if they drafted Tyler Shelvin from LSU, who's 350 pounds and the most fun you'll ever have watching a dude nose, uh, play nose tackle in two-gap? No. But I thought Raekwon was really good at the nose. And I think if you project him into this defense as a defensive end, you're going to have to ask him to shed all the weight that he just dropped. And at Alabama, that's closer to what he played, and he wasn't overly dynamic in that role. I think Miami drafted him with the vision of building him up and playing him inside, and and that's what they got, and they got great results from it when they went into uh, some of those odd down fronts, those mint fronts, those bare fronts, occupying all three interior defensive linemen or interior offensive linemen with your defense and giving them one-on-ones and just letting them wreck opposing centers. So I wouldn't move him back outside. No, not not me. Uh, because who are you going to get? You're going to draft Tyler Shelvin and, and ask Raekwon Davis to be the player that you would otherwise be asking a rookie to be? I'd rather just ask the rookie to be the rookie because I know what I got at nose tackle and Raekwon Davis, and it's good. Hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoy your weekends. I'm looking forward to mine. Draft week next week. Tons of action coming your way. You're going to make sure you stay locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up. Cheers once again. Thanks for all you've done throughout the course of this offseason thus far to keep this an entertaining ride for all of us as Dolphins fans. I'll talk to you on Monday. Let's set the table for a great draft week for the Miami Dolphins.